You're listening to the Garden Cinema podcast. The Garden Cinema is currently playing host to some of the screenings from Black to the Future, a multimedia Afrofuturist festival celebrating outstanding black artists. It launched late October and is running until US Black History Month in February 2024. It will accompany the British Library's upcoming major exhibition, Fantasy, Realms of Imagination. I'm really pleased to be speaking to its curator, Nigerian-British writer Irenessa Nkoji, who was just this year named a visionary artist in Red Magazine's The Next 25 Visionaries to Watch. Thank you so much, Irenessa, for joining us. You are the curator of this project and we are screening a number of films. And can you tell us a bit more about Black to the Future? Hi, Abla. Thank you so much for having me um, on this podcast. I, I love the Garden Cinema, so I'm a little bit giddy with excitement to, to be on here. And a huge shout out to Sarah Ville as well, um, who's our creative director um, at Black to the Future. Yes, so I'm the director, founder and curator of Black to the Future. Um, the idea came several years ago, actually, because I was thinking about futurism and I was thinking about black stories, which is something that fascinates me endlessly since I am of African descent. Um, and I'm a novelist and short story writer myself. And I would consider myself an experimental writer. So I'm always curious about how we can explore black stories in ways that feel really interesting and exciting, um, but also in ways that give us agency. And it occurred to me that this area of Afrofuturism, which I had been intrigued by actually for years uh, and had been aware of and you know, had read writers who'd operated in that genre, that this was a great space um, to really uh, unpick that uh, and to you know, explore stories around the black diaspora, but not just how we think about ourselves now in the present, but also looking to the past to, to draw inspiration from those past experiences um, diasporically, and then thinking about the ways we anchor ourselves in the future. So it just felt like a brilliant space to do that. And I had some ideas, I scribbled them down excitedly, uh, just thinking about the kind of mediums I would like to curate for. Uh, at the time, I had met Sarah Ville, who was then, I think, marketing head at Clean Space. Uh, and we we really hit things off. You know, we stayed in touch. I told her about the project. She was really excited about it, which was great for me because I thought, oh, brilliant. I'm not the only one that's excited about this. So it really started from that point. Um, and the intention for me, I think, was to say, OK, there are all these conversations about diversity. There are all these conversations about, you know, what people of colour need and, you know, who are the gatekeepers and who are those people that can make things happen? Well, it occurred to me that I also have agency. I also now have, um, you know, a sense of what's possible, um, you know, having been an artist for some years. So how can I use that to open the space up? So that was the intention behind it. And Sarah and I met several times just to check that our intentions aligned because that was important to me. And she really understood that. And she's just absolutely fantastic. You've, you know, you've met her um, and she's full of ideas and highly creative as well, which 
which I was impressed by. So it felt like, okay, we can really do something interesting here. Sorry, that was a really long response to your answer, but essentially <laughs> that's where it came yeah, from. Yeah. No, that's that's um that's interesting. And you mentioned a number of medium, so a media. So the idea initially wasn't just to use film. No, it was it was literature. Literature was the starting point because that's my my comfort zone. Yeah, absolutely. So um instinctively I you know I I jotted down ideas around that, you know, potential writers and artists that we could program for that. But but no, also film, to be to be fair, was part of that too, because I love cinema. I love the medium of cinema and what it can do and how amazing a space it is to, you know, explore the human condition. So uh, Sarah and I both love films. <laughs> so that was always on the table uh, as something, you know, to curate for. Um, yeah. And then it just kind of grew and grew, really. It was initially supposed to be a weekend takeover uh, at, at our sort of first conversations. Um, then we brought um, another collaborator on board, Elliot Jack, who runs the Book Slam Nights, brilliant producer um, in his own right. In fact, quite legendary, actually, in um, in the creative scene um, for, for what he's done. So we were really excited to get him on board too and, you know, have his contribution and his influence in terms of, you know, what we can do. So, yeah, it, it really started from that point. But I love feel, film. Um, film inspires me a lot in terms of my writing you know, like looking to that medium uh, for how you shape stories, but also how you shape stories with a less amount of time <laughs> yeah. and learning the tricks from that. So, yeah, I, I'm super excited to to think about a, a film programme and, and, you know, what was possible with that. That's why I wanted to explore the specific issues that you wanted to discuss. So you talked about you talked about exploring the ways in which the Black, black diaspora anchors itself in the future. Concretely, what, what are we talking about? What are the, the discussions that need to take place around that? Yeah, I mean, I think, what sort of stories are we allowed to tell, really? Yeah. Um, what sort of genres are we allowed to operating? I think for me at the time, there was some frustration because I felt like, you know, in publishing, Yes, there are more voices being published um, and predating that. There weren't really a lot of us being published. And you could see like that there was a a sense of limitation with, with some of the stories, you know, um, writing about migration and, and all of that's important and all of that's necessary and all of that's vital. But what about detective stories? Um, what about romance stories? What about sci-fi stories from black writers? Um, I just wasn't I just wasn't seeing that at the time, you know. So that was the point of frustration that I know these voices are out there, um, and we're just not bringing them into the center enough. And also, if we do celebrate them and we give them space, that opens up the space for other people who may not have thought oh, I've never thought about writing in that genre. I've never thought about writing within fantasy. That's really exciting, you know? So this is why I felt it was really, really important to have this program because yes, it's happening, but not to the extent that I would like to see. Um, and I think would really invigorate, um, you know, the landscape. Yeah, that's a very interesting point you make. I've uh, experienced something slightly similar in this uh, um, as I, I tend to curate films from the Arab world 
Mm. There's this expectation that films from that region have to be, um, I'd say, solely. I don't want to use political because political can mean a lot of things. Mm. Have to address certain issues, and beyond that, they are not considered necessarily uh, vectors for, for pure entertainment. Mm. Um, and we're seeing now a real growth in genre films that tackle politics, that tackle the issues that affect people's lives, but they're done through the prism of horror, lots, lots of mm. horror films. I'm a big horror fan myself, um, thrillers and, and comedy and the like. So that's that's interesting that you say this. And this presumably is what what um, what guided your selection of films. So can you tell us a bit more about the films you picked and why you wanted to show these? Yeah, for sure. And just to quickly respond to your point, that's absolutely amazing that, you know, in terms of Arab filmmaking, that's starting to open up. Because <laughs> like we said, you know, these sto these stories are there, you know, like the, the, the excitement to explore them, to bring them to the screen we're teeming with them so it's amazing to see like like you said horror and comedy and fantasy to explore stories women's stories in particular as well I think within the Arab world so yeah that's really really exciting um in terms of the films that I um selected uh for this program yeah I was just I I love voices that are bold I love voices that dare to be different and I'm always looking at outliers and outsiders perhaps because I feel like one myself and now you know having uh, come to this country at the age of eight and felt like an outsider I've I, I embrace that now <laughs> you know it's taken a long time but I embrace that now but in terms of the films um films like Neptune Frost um is one of the films uh, Mami Water which is directed by CJ Obasi very exciting film that's gaining a lot of traction uh, sort of modern day fable um, around, I would say, like African mermaids and being in a female dominated colony. So that's exciting. Um, Hidden Figures, we have a screening of that, uh, which is also, I guess, I would say, exploring like NASA and Black women's role in that uh, and the part that they played in sending a man up, <laughs> up to space, which is really important. But tied in with that, the aesthetics of Janelle Monet who is uh, an incredible artist that crosses genres and, and boundaries, you know, and medium. So we're going to be exploring her. And then we're hoping to screen one of Terence Nance's films. And Terence is just wildly experimental, a Black American filmmaker, um, also political, also futuristic, um, kind of looking at Black American stories um, and, and what it means to be, black and move through the world in this body you know but he does it in such interesting insightful ways and and with elements of flourish that are really striking so that's yeah that's what the film program is is looking like at the moment so you've, you've started screening films and presumably yeah. you've been having conversations I'm interested to hear about those conversations and to see whether you, you said that you came to the UK when you were eight so from Nigeria, am I correct? Yes, from Nigeria, from Lagos. From Lagos. So, <laughs> yeah. first generation um, immigrant. Mm -hmm. Were the conversations different according to to a first generation 
immigrants from different African countries, um, kids, uh, adults that are born here from African parents. Mm. Are they are people having similar conversations around um, what it means to be black in the UK? Mm. Um, what conversations we can have going forward? the black community can have going forwards and so on yeah it's really interesting the conversations that are coming up um yeah it's it's fascinating so so far we've screened one film which was which was neptune frost which is yeah again sort of wildly experimental and strange um and a lot of the conversation that came up from that was that people didn't know that black filmmakers were making these kind of films, really. Um, and just the excitement, even if they didn't get it, even if they didn't get the world, the excitement to know that this exists um, and that that black stories that can be explored in this way. You know, obviously there were a couple of people in the audience who are aware of writers like Octavia Butler, you know, people who kind of led the way, I think, in terms of Afrofuturism. So that was nice to hear, you know, the acknowledgement of, of those sort of leaders in the way, trailblazers. But what was also interesting was people saying, making connections. So someone in the audience said, oh, I was really into electronic music in the 80s. And this feel Afrofuturism feels like a kind of electronic music um, that I'm being drawn back into. So it was interesting to hear the comparisons. Um, and it was interesting to hear that there are black artists now operating in this space and just the hunger. It's for me, I was struck by the hunger and the desire to find out more, you know, to know who else is making films that are interesting what other references can I get not just for films but for books music etc so it was just it was a really organic conversation uh and of course within that blackness at the heart of it but also like a real pride in that now because very often we know that when we see blackness reflected on the screen you know it is it can be presented in a way that's problematic and I think um sort of deflating for a lot of us because we know the joy, we know the creativity in our communities, we know the power that we have and the beauty that we have. So it was nice to see those elements touched upon in the conversation that came, in the conversations that came up. Um, and also, you know, we talked about the term Afro Afrofuturism, uh, why some people felt that that term was appropriate and some people felt like, it's not appropriate, which was also interesting for me to hear. And I thought, this is great. This is actually really, really good because people are thinking about things on a deeper level. Yeah, that's um, a term that was just, just imposed itself, right? Exactly. Uh, yeah, exactly. So when you think about the success of Black Panther, for example, which uh, really changed the game and I think is a perfect example of Afrofuturism that was commercially viable as well. Um, and like its success was undeniable. It's really interesting to think about how we can continue to expand the genre. Um, and for me, you know, that goes across fantasy. It, it, you know, it goes across sci-fi. It goes across romance. It's exciting that there can be multiple iterations of what that looks like. So all of these conversations, um, yeah, were really exciting. 
Speaking of which, where the the films in uh, recent years that you thought really that sparked your interest that potentially you just couldn't for whatever reason they're not part of this season, but that you think really drive the conversation forward? Yeah, um, I think there's a there are a couple. There's a documentary on. I think it's important to understand the history as well. You know, to look back. Um, there's a documentary on Samra you know, the great Sun Ra musician who did, can you even call it jazz, sonic jazz, (laughs) (laughs) travel, (laughs) time travel, Um, and what he did with music, which was amazing. And again, really a trailblazer in Afrofuturism and opening up that space. So there there are documentaries on him you can watch. Uh, There's Julie Dash's film, which I wouldn't necessarily say is specifically Afrofuturism, but I feel like there is a strong connection um, to, to it, Daughters of the Dust, in terms of the aesthetic and opening up what you can do on screen. You know, this landscape that she creates with these women and this community that's kind of completely otherworldly. Um, and her work, I think, is really brilliant. Arthur Jafar's work is astonishing. Um, if people don't know who he is, he's not just an astonishing filmmaker, but an amazing thinker, you know, an intellectual powerhouse. So I would recommend his work. I would recommend British director Jen Inkuru, who I don't think a lot of people know about. But, you know, she's also done video um, work. She did some videos for Beyonce, I think. Um, very, very interesting director and a woman black british woman nigeria of nigerian heritage um so yeah i would recommend um those artists just to start off with and then you know you'll fall down a rabbit hole (laughs) with each one which is which is great which is what you want um and going forward what do we have to look forward to in terms of black to the future what's coming up oh my goodness there is so so much so this friday we have genre marauders at the british library um a panel of uh, writers and um, game makers talking about how we move between mediums and debunking, you know, how we explore black stories around that, which is really exciting. Uh, There's the Drexian Realms on the same night, which is the late. So it's a kind of electronic celebration and ode to Drexia, you know, the legacy of Drexia. um, And that has some great names um, on the bill, including DJ Josie Rebel, um, Abdurazim Kazak, all, all these amazing um, artists will be there. And it's a party. So, yeah, definitely join us for that. And then we have a party after that as well. So a secret party. So there's a lot going on on Friday. Um, coming up on the programme, as I mentioned earlier, I would really encourage people to check out our film programme, which is very exciting. I particularly want to give a shout out to... Uh, the Janelle, Janelle Monet screening that we have coming up where myself and Sarah Ville, um, the co-director at, at Black to the Future, will be in conversation uh, talking about Janelle's work and her aesthetics. Um, she's an incredible artist. So I think that's particularly exciting if people can make it to that. Um, we have the Kinetic Discourses strand kicking off this December with um, Ajoa Anjo hosting that. Um you know, talking about her interest uh, in the space as well uh, and the prize that she supports, the Future Worlds Prize. She will be in conversation, so people could come to that at the Standard Hotel. That would be amazing. Uh, yeah, there's so much. There's loads there. So, there yeah, I'd encourage everybody to 
go to the website and have a look, see what 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 strikes your fancy. Uh, and obviously, I'll give a shout out to Mami Wata as well. Coming up at the stand, <laughs> coming up at the Garden Cinema, the screening of C.J. Abbas's film. Uh, I'll be hosting a conversation with him, just deep diving into his process and what inspired the film. It's such a striking, striking movie, and there's a lot of excitement about it. And I think you know, C.J. is a, a a young director that people are really starting to become interested in. So catch him before he becomes a big name catch him in conversation with me so within within reach yeah exactly <laughs> i wanted to end it on this high note but i do want to ask you about reach through this program ideally who would you reach what would your ideal reach be like and you were talking about gatekeepers earlier what do you think are the obstacles um in the way of uh, reaching a wider audience and of uh black artists um, and writers and filmmakers making this work? Yeah, that's such a that's such a great question. I think with gatekeepers, it, it, it's really interesting because it's it's also about them doing the work. I feel it's about them expanding their horizons and their interests and being humble enough to go out there and find different voices, you know, not just wait for them to come to you because sometimes they don't because they may not have that confidence, you know, not not everybody does. Um, so I think go to things, go to go to nights where there are emerging voices and, and screenings of um, aspiring filmmakers and open mic nights where there are poets and writers, um, you know, who, who may not normally have access to you. How do you make yourself more accessible? You know, that's the question that I would throw at them. Uh, think about that. When I years ago when I used to work for an organization called Apples and Snakes. It's a it was a live poach it's a live poetry organization. Um, I was the national development coordinator there. And essentially my role was like a bit of an AR person, which is to find new talent. And that was I loved that. That was fantastic. You know, it meant that I would go around the country looking for new voices. Um, and that was a way to find some really interesting dynamic voices that you know may not have come to us so that is what I would say to gatekeepers I think make that extra effort to kind of move beyond your space uh make that extra effort to do the work if 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 inclusivity is on the agenda and it actively has to be on the agenda and it has to spill from the top down if whoever is the head of that organization is not interested in being inclusive, it's not going to be the sort of space that fosters that or even fosters having conversations around that. You know, sometimes you go into spe certain spaces and it's awkward to even have the conversation. So if that's happening, that's a problem. You know, you have to kind of look internally to fix that. So I think th these systemic issues Often it's not the people of colour's entire responsibility to handle it. That's what I would say. That labour should be shared in a fair and ideal world. It should be shared. Um, I am very excited to showcase incredible talents across mediums. And that's a joy for me. But I shouldn't just be the only person <laughs> that, that, like doing that. You know what I mean? I think that that, that it should be, there should be, a sense of responsibility, I think, from gatekeepers.
to do that. I think it's it's really, really important and vital going forward. And also, actually, it enriches our worlds. It does enrich our worlds. I have always been an inclusive reader. When I was young and I read voraciously, I read everybody from Roald Dahl, um, you know, to um, Margaret Atwood, to Chinua Achebe, um, you know, to all sorts of writers. I was just hungry for amazing voices and I didn't discriminate. So, you know, I find it really frustrating when people say, oh, you know, they're just not on my radar or you know, I just don't know they sort of write. No, you do go and do the work. <laughs> um, and in terms of reaching audiences, you know, we're very lucky that we have this program um, running across some iconic spaces in London. And I think that that really helps uh, because these spaces bring their own audiences. So um, the Garden Cinema, for example, is already a favourite iconic space. <laughs> and I think even though it's, you know, it's like an indie space, already all sorts of people that I have talked to um, know the Garden Cinema and love it. So I am very hopeful that, you know, that's going to be continue to be a really nourishing, um, amazing, amazing space. Obviously, we're at the British Library, um, which is one of the biggest venues in the world <laughs> uh, in terms of being a library. So we're very lucky in that in that sense, because that's fairly accessible. Um, you know, we've got the Standard Hotel, amazing space, again, all sorts of travelers and people stay there and they are going to promote the program so I think we are reaching wider audiences because of the spaces that we've programmed these events and and not you know not every project is lucky enough to have that so I'm really grateful for that um, and I just encourage people to be open-minded you know remember that these are human stories and black stories are everyone's stories, as far as I'm concerned. Um, they're important, just like Arab stories are everyone's stories. You know, like we should be. Um, they're human stories, exactly. So to me, it's a no brainer. It's like, why wouldn't you want to, um, you know, experience this program? Um, so that that's how I would frame it. That's really good to hear. One of the best things, personally, I think about the garden cinema as a venue is this it's the the programming's been very broad mm. and its reach has been very diverse so hopefully the idea is we mix audiences an audience yeah. that might come and, and watch a hitchcock classic suddenly becomes accustomed to coming to the garden cinema they might join as members and then you know they look through the program and they think oh this this film's on it's been promoted mm. by a team who now i trust um, exactly three members ticket maybe i'll go watch this and then exactly the bar afterwards so that's that's really the idea yeah it's 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 fantastic and i have to i have to shout out the program at the garden cinema as well <laughs> it's just brilliant you know if you're a film buff or even you know who doesn't enjoy films but especially if you're a film buff oh my god you know it's like being in the candy store I think because I think it's it's programmed so 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 beautifully and so thoughtfully and I think so well intentioned also there's a great bar there <laughs> there's a lovely <laughs> lovely bar it's brilliant oh, and, you on this. thank you uh, so, so much thank you so much Ernest and it's lovely to speaking to you
It's wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. It's the time has flown. It's been a delight. We could have talked, I think, for another two hours. Uh, but though it's just been wonderful to come on um, and speak to you about the program and the project. Like we're so excited. So thank you. Huge thanks to the Garden Cinema for all the support. And we're really thrilled to be working with you guys.